0: Generosity begins with God, with what God has done for us, and then our realizing what God has done for us i 'd like to get a little playful with you for just a moment if you 'll allow me. would you play along with me? Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, okay, so you're, you're going to the checkout, and the checker there says,, um, "Hmm, forgiveness of sins. Um, do you know what that cost? Uh, Oh, I see, you also have in your basket freedom from anxiety. Whoa, that's expensive. Eternal life, you put eternal life in your basket too? Are are you sure you can pay for that? And you start fumbling around, and you bring out your wallet, and you say, I have some cash, and your cash is no good here. Uh, Can I write you a check? No, we don't accept checks here. I have MasterCard. Nope. Visa? Nope. American Express, nope, I've worked really hard, I can mop floors, I can do stocking for you, I can wash dishes, I'm sorry, none of that is accepted here. And then the checker happens to notice in your wallet, it looks like you have a gift card there. And you say, yeah, I do have this gift card, it was given to me at Christmas. And the checker looks at it and says, oh yeah. I like this gift card on it. It says, to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Why didn't you say that earlier? That's all you need to check out is this gift card you got at Christmas. And then you're just so relieved. You say, how can I possibly share this gift? How many ways can I do this with, with other people? Do, do you ever... Have that kind of experience where you're just so grateful to God that you can't wait to share it with someone else. When all of your other ways of trying to save yourself have not worked out, but you have received that one gift of salvation from God. Generosity begins with God. It begins with what God has done for us and our receiving what God has done for us. Will you be playful with me for just a little bit longer? Okay. That scripture was a difficult scripture, wasn't it? And you say, Pastor Lynn, how can you possibly make any connection with this theme about life of generosity? Stick with me for just a moment. I hope this isn't too hokey. Did you see the imagery in the passage about the veil? How many times that was used there? If you remember our Bible story in the Old Testament, Moses used to go up on Mount Sinai and he visited with God face to face. You remember he received the Ten Commandments in that way. When he had come down from the mountain, because he had been in God's presence, his face had been transformed. It was filled with glory, with light that was hard to look upon. And the people, the Hebrew children said, we can't stand this, put a veil over your face. And so he would come down from the mountain. I know I look silly, don't I? But I think it goes with my hair, don't you? Is it? Uh, and he said he put a veil over his face to protect the people from the brightness of that glory. His face was, was veiled. Here's the thing, though. In the passage, if you saw, sometimes when the glory would fade, he still would keep the veil over his face. I know you've never done that. Sometimes, though, we say when something good happens to us, maybe when we've been in the presence of God's gifts, that someone's face lights up. Oh, they just had that wonderful baby born, and their faces just shone. We, we use this imagery still today that people's faces light up. Moses kept the veil over his face, though, even when his face lost its light. Then Paul does this wonderful little trick. I didn't know till I read i would never dealt with this passage before. But he does this little interpretive trick. He says... The veil for you Corinthians and for some others in the past was not over Moses' face, it was over your eyes. It was over your hearts, it was over your understanding. You were the ones who were veiled. You didn't get it, you didn't have that aha moment of how much God had done for you in Jesus Christ. Paul is trying to say to the Corinthians and to us today, remove the veil. Look at what God has done for you and be grateful. Generosity begins with what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Reflect for just a moment. Where, when has that good gift come to you? When you're just so thankful, you're just so grateful, you want to share it with others. Are you getting in touch with that? Are your faces lighting up just a little bit with the memory of that, of how good God has been to you? I had a a little experience of that on Friday night. I was with the confirmation class on retreat. We had our annual retreat. We're sitting there on the floor in the lake house and uh, we were having a worship service like we used to do in the catacombs when Christians had to hide out And it was just very powerful to me at those youth, how they would share things from their lives and share prayers for others. And what really got me was that as a pastor, I got to share the sacrament of communion with them in that setting. And it just hit me at 38 years of doing this, that I can do this anywhere, anytime, because I'm an ordained pastor in the church, and I get to share this gift with all of God's children. Today. I think you get it sometimes, just how much you have received. Maybe even when you come to this table and the gift of forgiveness. I can't tell you how many times I have been blessed as I've seen you come up and I hand you a little piece of bread in your hands and you just tear up. And I get it that you get it that the veil has come off and that you know that you're forgiven and that you get a do-over. In golf, you get a mulligan. You, you know, it's, in, in tennis, it's, you know, it's a second serve. It's not over for you. And isn't that a wonderful thing? What would you pay for that? There's no price that you can pay for that. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And sometimes you even understand that that gift of forgiveness comes from others to you. When you have messed up Sometimes it's with someone that you really love, like a family member, your spouse, or a child, and they say those words to you, you're forgiven, and you're set free. Sometimes you're even able to forgive others. You know, when you can let that cold, hard stone of revenge melt, and you can get on with your life because... Of forgiveness. Even if the other person never changes their behavior or accepts that, you still know that you have let that go in your own heart. What would you pay for that? Generosity begins with what God has done for us. And freedom from anxiety, what would you pay to sleep well at night? Yes, I know we can buy these drugs and things, but what, you know, what, what would you pay to be at rest, at peace at night, knowing? that you have this good gift from God. I love it that in the church we are valued not for how much stuff we have, but for who we are and whose we are. There's no price you can put on this. I love it that in the church our security is not in how much stuff we have, but in our relationship with Jesus Christ. No one can take that from us. And we're freed from anxiety for this world and for the next. I think sometimes we get it. I've, I've seen some individuals, as I've been your pastor over these last eight and a half years, who've really caught in that, that spark. And they, they say, I'm not so grabby anymore. I can let go. And I, I've just become more and more generous. I want to give. Pastor Lynn, teach me. Help me. Where are some ways I can help you give I love the fellowship class. One of our largest, strongest Sunday school classes here. Fellowship class. Get this. That class alone has bought two micro houses for community first. This, this village that uh, Mobile Loaves and Fishes are creating on 27 acres in East Austin for homeless people. Two micro houses. Let's see. Those are $20,000 each. It's $40,000 this one Sunday school class has given. They, they get it. There's, it. The stuff that we have is not just for us. It's for others. The gift is just so good you want to share it with others. The veil has come off. This past Sunday, our church council met. That's the group that makes decisions for this congregation. They met, and we, we passed a budget. It's, it's still being tweaked. Just don't... don't Hold me to it quite yet, but it's going to be on the website very soon and with the the list of of, uh, goals that we have for this year. But it's around $1.2 million. And it's not for the survival of this institution. It's to make a difference in the world. We're not trying to see if we can just hang on here. We're trying to see how much good we can do in the world. There's freedom from anxiety. That is a great gift here. And then eternal life. I'll be doing a memorial service here on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. for Jay Elder. The candle here on the altar table is to remember him. He died this past Monday. I just performed the baptism of his 11-day-old son at the early service. His five-year-old son, this is hard. This is really hard. His five-year-old son, when we, when we talk, and I always go to him and I, both of his older sons, and I just hug them and tell them how much I love them, but his older son, who's about five, says, Daddy's in heaven. What, what, what do you pay for that? What's that worth uh, for this, this child? I mean, it's a child's understanding, but for me, I get it too. Yeah, no more pain, no more fear, no more crying, no more cancer anymore. You know, Daddy's in heaven. I don't have to worry about Daddy anymore. We United Methodists make some vows, the ways we follow Christ, by our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Today we're focusing on gifts. God expects us to grow (laughs) in our giving, to be transformed, as it says in the passage, from one degree of glory into another, for the veil to drop from our understandings and to understand that all we have is a gift from God. Generosity begins with God we're changed in that process. Each week I've had uh, uh, Helen Heston, she's a 20-year-old who grew up in this church, now a student at the University of Texas, and she has challenged us with some of her insights. And listen to what Helen says about giving with generosity.
1: Giving is wonderful. And um, I would definitely encourage myself to give, the people around me to give. But the idea of giving generously for me means that in some way, I'm changed also. Like, my time is changed. My standard of living is changed, maybe if it is money. Um, Like, my practice of something is now different because I don't have something specific. Um, That giving generously means encroaching onto what we consider ours. Like, we like to have our space, our things, our time. Um, And I don't think giving generously listens to that at all. and not in a sense that's like unhealthy for us, like we're burdened or we're, we're overfilling our calendars, but more um, that, once again, rethinking service and relationship means rethinking what we consider ours. Um, and this idea of possession and um, anything we have is something we have to give if we consider it uh, a possibility.
0: I love what Helen says, what's ours, really? (laughs) Everything we have has been given to us. And there's this transformation that happens when we understand that all giving begins with God's generosity first towards us. With our time, our money, our possessions, our spiritual gifts, and we give those to others. God expects us to grow from one degree of glory into the next. What can we expect from God? Forgiveness, freedom from anxiety, eternal life. What would you pay for that? The good news I have to share with you this day is that generosity begins with God, what God has done for us. Amen.